I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Very excited this week because Kaylee is joining us. Um, We chat with Rochelle Um, Rochelle talks us through her first two births and um, she actually gave birth in the Netherlands so it's it's really cool to hear that perspective of how they do things over there um, which is actually much different than the United States Um, so and that kind of got her to you know she she loved birth so much from her experience of giving birth in the Netherlands that she and her sister started a business, um, Happy Birthing, where they are, they do hypnobirthing, they're doulas, they do photography. It's, it's this really cool business. Um, and now they have a bunch of women working with them. And yeah, so it's, it's so cool to hear all about her journey. And yeah, she's very experienced in the birth world. So it's, it was very fun to talk to her. Um, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Um, you can follow Rochelle on Instagram. It's happy underscore birthing dot az. That is her business page. And actually, don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well at birth naturally. And be sure to give us a five star rating and review if you feel like it. We would really appreciate it. Yes, yeah, so we hope that you guys enjoy today's episode. Welcome, Rochelle. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Why don't you start by telling us a little about you and your family? Okay. Yeah. So uh, my name is Rochelle. I am married to a Dutchie, which means um, I married someone, I married a foreigner. He's from the Netherlands, also known as Holland. And if people don't know where that is, that's Amsterdam. Everyone knows Amsterdam. Um, and, um, we got married and we decided to live there. So I lived over in the Netherlands for eight years and that's where I had my two boys who are almost 10 and eight, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And, um, we moved to Arizona, which is where we're at now. And now I'm pregnant with my third, which feels like my first because it's been so long. (laughs) Um, but we're excited 
and it's another boy which is kind of crazy our whole family all has boys there's 14 grandkids and only two of them are girls so it's, oh my gosh <laughs> it's pretty crazy but it's all it's fun our boys love it I'm sure um, they do <laughs> they do they they have so much fun all together so oh. so yeah awesome so you you guys were living in the Netherlands. When did you kind of decide it was time to start your family? And how was your journey to getting pregnant? So we I we got we got married very young, um, like at 20. Mm-hmm. I was 19 actually, he was 21. Um, and then I wanted to start a family right away. I was just so excited. So um we got pregnant, no problem with our first. And, um, the care in the Netherlands is so completely different than here in the United States. You can find it. You can find that same type of care. I'm lucky enough that with my third baby, I have an amazing midwife team. Like they're amazing. Um, but unfortunately the majority of care providers here don't give you the same type of care that you do in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had my second one. That one was a surprise, but we were excited. Um, And then with this third baby, we tried for years, which is why there's such a big gap. So Mm -hmm. we surprised as well, actually, when we got got pregnant with this one, because we just kind of accepted that we weren't going to get pregnant anymore. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, pregnancy, pregnancy is what was hard for me too. I get what's called hyperemesis. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. So that was extremely difficult, especially in the Netherlands. They don't, um, they don't give you any type of medication. So they're, I mean, they're very conscious about being healthy and very holistic. And so, um, I just remember being in the hospital and it's interesting because in the Netherlands, you don't see a specialist. So every one you see is a general doctor. So they're just a general family doctor. Even in the hospital, when I had to get admitted because I was so dehydrated, I was saying, um, I was saying it just a family doctor and she didn't know what was going on with me. I didn't know what was happening. My midwife was a little bit familiar, but she didn't have rights in the hospital. Um, and so Anyways, finally, after me of three days, still throwing up and not being able to keep anything down while being on the IV, um, they finally gave me a feeding tube and I was able to go home and stay home on that for about three months. Oh my so gosh. It was a very, very difficult pregnancy with my second. And it was a shock because my first one, I wasn't, I didn't even throw up once. So it was very, very oh, wow, No so different. Yeah. And then how about, with this, how about this one? I was going to say, yeah. So with this one, I convinced myself, I'm like, oh, like for sure, not going to get sick. Cause I wasn't sick with my first, definitely got very, very sick again. Mm-hmm. But what was amazing about my midwifery team here in Arizona is they were able to come to my house. So they would come every four days and administer an IV. Um, I opted not to have like a permanent IV, you know, how you can have, have mm-hmm. walk in, you just have one. I, they offered that, but I just, 
I don't know. It was so weird. I had so much trauma from my second one that I was like, if I can try and do it without. So I was able to manage on medication mm -hmm. and an IV every four days. Oh, man. Um, it was hard. It la I, I, I luckily only have it in my first trimester. I feel awful mm -hmm. for women who have it for nine months. I genuinely don't know how they do it because I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't survive. Like I, it was so hard mentally as well. It was extremely difficult. Extremely yeah. Hard. Yeah. There's sometimes when you just need the medication, like I can't imagine yeah. you know, being there and being like, no, no, no. Like I, I need something to help me through this. Like there are times yeah. when medication is just necessary. And I feel like that is one of the times because you can't do anything if you're throwing up all the time. I was sick, not, not, not as sick as you were, but I was very sick for the first 20 weeks of my second pregnancy. And it, like, if I didn't have Zofran, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Awful. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. It was a yeah. really hard decision for me to choose to go on medication because I was, mm -hmm. was so ingrained in my head. And, and when I had lived in the Netherlands of how bad it is for me and the baby, that it was, it was a hard decision. But mm -hmm. ultimately I decided to do it because I was... I mean, I couldn't function. I couldn't take care of my other kids. Right, exactly. Especially when you have other kids. You're like, okay, this is just not going to work. Like, yeah. I have things exactly. I got to do. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So yeah. um, did you always know that you wanted to have natural births? Or, I mean, you were so young. How, how did you know that that was something that, you know, you had wanted? Oh my gosh, such a good question. Because seriously, when I got pregnant, I was like, my first time I was like, I'm just going to get like induced and, you know, maybe I'll actually get a cesarean because that's super convenient and I'll know exactly mm -hmm. when I'm going to have the baby. And I definitely wanted the epidural um, because that was what I was totally used to here in the United States. I remember mm -hmm. seeing, like, I remember being in biology class when I was in 11th grade and our teacher showed us a woman giving birth and I actually had to leave the classroom because I could not believe what was happening. I was like, I can't watch this. And I remember my biology oh my teacher God. was like, she was like, you have to, like, you're going to do this. I'm like, I will never have kids. It's not <laughs> happening. And so I, I mean, seriously, my mind was so Westernized and just so adapted to what we're accustomed to here in the United States with just, you know, seriously, like planned cesareans and being induced and going on all the meds and all the things. But because I got pregnant while living in the Netherlands, I learned a completely different lifestyle and culture around birth and how they celebrate it. It's, I feel like here in the United States, it's way more of a medical event. Mm -hmm. It's way more, um, you know, like even the, even the big baby issue here, but that's another another topic mm -hmm. um and so when I lived there I would hear my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law and my aunts and they were so passionate about giving birth unmedicated and I was like that is so crazy I've never ever heard that perspective mm -hmm. um also in the Netherlands they won't let you see an OB you have to see a midwife unless you're high risk and for my first one I definitely was not high risk. And so I saw a midwife. I, I actually didn't have a choice. Even I, I couldn't see if I'll be if I wanted. So mm 
Um, I saw that OB, I mean, I saw the midwife and as well, she was very passionate. She said, you can birth at the hospital if you want. Um, she said, getting an epidural is rare. She said, you will have to advocate for it and you do have to ask them. Otherwise, you're going to assume that you don't want one, right? Whereas that here, is so opposite. opposite. That's so crazy. So that's true. Truly, the total opposite of what <laughs> you yeah. have to advocate for an epidural. Oh I yeah, you and, you and you have to. You totally have to convince them because they're they're the staff there will convince you not to. They mm -hmm. also. She also told me if I don't get to the hospital before seven centimeters. Um, they won't even give it to me. Like it wouldn't even be an option. She said, once you hit seven, she's like, you're not even allowed to get it. So she's like, if you want it, you need to make sure you go in soon enough. Whereas here, it's like, make sure you go in as late as you can. Right. There's so many women at the hospital and you want to make sure you get the epidural. It's like, so it's just so different. Mm -hmm. Um, And then honestly though, majority of women give birth at home. And so I did I did talk to my midwife and talk, talking to my, my husband's family, I decided to, to do a home birth. Um, the, the biggest issue <laughs> with my first one, now that I look back, I didn't know at the time is I never educated myself on birth. I never took the time to take any childbirth education class. I didn't do yoga. I didn't read any books. I didn't watch any videos. Like I literally went into it completely based off of the passion that my family members in the Netherlands had. Mm -hmm. So when I went into birth and I actually started laboring, I didn't understand what was happening. Like I am a very visual person, didn't know what was going on with my body. I didn't know how to breathe. I was still doing the old school, like yeah. breath, mm -hmm. like, you know I mean? which is obviously super outdated. Um, right. And so that... And then I'd go into these anxiety attacks and then I couldn't handle it. And then I got to my pushing phase and I couldn't push my baby out because he was posterior. So he was like looking up. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, my midwife said, okay, look, well, let's get transferred. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to get transferred because I'm going to get the epidural. I can't, I like was so excited to get transferred. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um and that was also very difficult getting transferred because um the ambulance too like they're just not they weren't I I want to say like I remember like ha having to push but like they made my legs stay down on the on the on oh, the stretcher geez. oh my god yeah it was like honestly like the whole thing was so hard and then I got there and if I would have lived here in the United States I mean, I would have gone straight into a cesarean, like 100% would have mm -hmm. gone into a cesarean. Mm -hmm. um, but over there, they, I mean, their cesarean rate, I mean, seriously, it's crazy low. I mean, I actually think it's the number one country in the world that has the lowest cesarean rate out of anywhere. Wow. And so, you know, when you get a cesarean, you need a cesarean when you're there. And, um, I got in, I got an OB that was like, he was probably like 70 years old. And he was very familiar with every single kind of technique of labor and birth. So he delivered my baby via forceps. So he attempted to do the vacuum. My baby wouldn't come out. So then they did an episiotomy and forceps and he was able to, to come out. Um, and that was all unmedicated. Cause again, like I said, they won't give you any medication mm -hmm. after, um, seven 
centimeters. Oh, man. So it was a very hard, very hard birth, but man, I'm still mad that I didn't educate myself. Mm -hmm. I'm just so mad at myself for it. Yeah. But it got you to, you know, your second birth and, you know, this one too, obviously, and building a business around it. So, um, so yeah, at least something good came from it. Absolutely. I agree with that completely. So, so, you know, what did you do differently when you were pregnant with your second? So yeah, when I got pregnant on my second, that was in the, in the Netherlands as well. And I was scared. I was so scared. I had such bad PTSD and I thought, okay, I have to do something different. People talk about birth. Like it can be this really beautiful, empowering event. I'm like, I got to figure out how they do it. So I discovered hypnobirthing and, um, I took a hypnobirthing class over there and I read the book. And I did some Lamaze and I did prenatal yoga and I just immersed myself in positive birth videos and everything possible. And eight years ago, I mean, like I'm, I'm not old, but we didn't have actually, I think Instagram had just come out or something. So it was actually hard to access all of these like beautiful birth videos that you can now get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, And so I had to really look for it. And I just, I was just really prepared myself for my second. And I remember I went to back to the same midwife because I loved her and she was amazing. And I told her I want to do another home birth. And she's like, are you sure? Like, she's like, are you sure you want to do it? Everyone in my family back here in the United States said I was crazy, but I felt entitled. Like I seriously felt I deserve this. Like I really wanted this unmedicated birth and I'm going to get it. And so, um, I went into labor again with my second, it was like maybe three to four hours and it was amazing, like 100% different than my first. And I personally would claim that it was pain-free. I think it was very uncomfortable, but I also don't like giving people that perception that birth is pain-free just because I don't want them to ever feel like they're a failure if they feel pain, if that makes sense. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think that I, like, I've seen this whole pain. Like I, I know that women do obviously have that. And I think that it's like, it's nice to know that it's possible, but I also think it's important to know that you're not doing anything wrong if it is not pain-free. You know oh, what I mean? Because, oh yeah. You know, like sometimes circumstances happen and you know, you, you can do, you can find ways to cope with the pain if you are faced with the painful mm-hmm. birth. Totally. If that makes sense, you know. Oh, one hundred percent. That's why I don't want to like advertise it as pain free because I'm like, people can still have this really beautiful birth, and it can still be painful, right? Like on that yeah. moment. Yeah, definitely. So, but for me, with my second, it was just it was like you know it was just like textbook <laughs> perfect. <laughs> like I can't even explain like it just went so well and I remember after like crying because thinking like I cannot believe I went through what I did with my first and that so many women have to go through traumatic birth experiences and Mm -hmm. I became extremely passionate about advocating and educating as many 
women as I possibly could actually, and their partners so that they know how to support these, their, you know, their wives or their girlfriends so that they can have an amazing experience. Like I got with my second, I just felt like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I felt like it's my duty now. Like it's my call to life. Like I have to, I have to make sure people know how to do it because even with my first, even though nothing would have changed. Like all the variables of that birth would have been the same. Like my, my son still would have been sunny side up. I still would have had to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. He still would have had to been delivered via forceps. But if I would have had the tools that I had with my second, I would have at least been in more control. I would have at least been able to breathe through those extremely difficult moments Mm-hmm. And I genuinely feel like I could have left that birth experience feeling way more empowered and, and just positive, right. even though it, even though like it sucked and all the variables of it sucked. Like, I still think, wow, if I could have had these tools, like I actually would have been fine. Like it would have been hard, but I right. could have done it way more manageable. Mm-hmm. No, you know? that, that makes total sense. Um, and I, I think, yeah, like me and Kelly definitely know exactly what you're talking about because after um, our first, both of our first two births were hospital births and they they weren't great. I mean, they also weren't terrible, but we, we didn't have the knowledge that we had for, that both of us going into our third births had, which were both home births. Um, but, and then after, like after my home birth, that's when we decided to start the podcast. Cause we didn't, you know, we have nothing to teach people, but we do have, you know, these, all these stories that we've been listening to. And that's really what got us both through our home births. Like that's what mm-hmm. taught us well, everything we needed to know was just hearing people's stories. So we also went and we're like, let's, you know, let's find a way that we can, share share, yeah, share that same like, kind of knowledge that we got I love that mm-hmm. yeah because I, th- I think it's kind of like a lost thing you used to hear you know the women used to be around other women giving birth in the family and stories were were told and now I that's kind of lost you know it's not mm-hmm. so I think it's kind of like this you know virtual little you yeah. know community that we can create too. It's true. My none of my friends are like I'll be, you know, I'll be out with my friends and I'll be like, so tell me about your birth. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, what do you want to know? <laughs> like yeah. they're not like used to it, but um Yeah, but no matter yeah, what if natural or not, like tell mm-hmm. your story. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's it's interesting and it's unique and yes, you know, and 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 someone could maybe draw from something right from hearing someone else's story when they're in the hard, you know, space. It's like it, it plays into the education. There's so many different ways to educate yourself, but just mm-hmm. having but, that But you knowledge. do need to educate yourself. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. Which I think you are a perfect example of that. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's why I become so passionate, for sure. Mm-hmm. So why don't you, you know, we haven't talked about happy birthing at all, but I would love for you to, you know, tell the listeners about what you and your sister, you know, you started a business, um, after realizing like how beautiful birth can be. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys do? Yeah. Um, so I came here to the United States 
And I found out what a doula was. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to become a doula. And then, um, as I realized how hard the on-call schedule was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) little kids, um, my real passion truly was educating. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start teaching hypnobirthing, especially because my clients at the time, like when they would take a hypnobirthing class, oh my goodness, they're, I mean, it was, they were completely different than the ones that were not taking my hypnobirthing class. Mm-hmm. Um, not mine, sorry. It was someone else's hypnobirthing class. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started teaching hypnobirthing and I was really blessed. Like it just, I started getting really full and I couldn't start, I couldn't fit all these people in my classes. So I reached out to my sister and I was like, Hey, any chance you want to try this venture with me? Like, I have no idea where it's going to go, but let's just see what happens. And her kids are older than mine. They're all, they were all teenagers. So she's like, yeah, like, let's see it. So she got certified as well through the Hypnobirthing Institute. And, um, we started teaching together and we just, again, like couldn't keep up with the amount of people. So, um, we kind of have transitioned to, we still teach, but we now, um, have five hypnobirthing instructors on our team. And, um, it's really nice because we teach in person, but we're also able to teach virtually for people who can't make it, or especially during COVID, it was such an amazing resource to be able mm-hmm. to do everything virtually. Definitely. And, um, we have one, two, three, four, we have seven doulas on our team, actually eight, including myself. So eight, eight certified doulas. Um, and we've just become this little business here in Arizona called happy birthing. And we are so passionate about making sure that every single parent feels empowered and feels like they know how to advocate for themselves and to teach them that they have a voice. Um, it's so important here in the United States that they know that they can say no to certain, you know, mm-hmm. certain interventions. Yeah. Um, and most importantly, that they feel prepared. That's why we're so passionate about the hypnobirthing part of it is we want them to know what to do in any situation. Like my favorite affirmation that I give myself is I am prepared to meet whatever turn my birthing takes. And that's purely because of my first birth. And I just feel like as long as I feel prepared, as long as I know what to do, as long as I'm educated, I am totally fine. And I, we want every single mom, every single partner to go into their birth as well, just feeling happy, feeling calm, feeling confident that they can have a beautiful birth experience as well. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. That is so cool. How, how big you've grown, you know, this business, like, and you're like, I don't know how this is going to, how this is going to go. And like, look at this team that you have now. That is so cool. It's so amazing. I love our team so much and our girls, all the doulas, like they're like every single person on our team took our hypnobirthing course actually, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. I love it. Um, and they're all educated in it. So our doulas too, like they understand when clients come to us, they know, okay, they're looking for like a hypnobirthing doula. Like, cause we do have different verbiage. We do 
like we'll never refer to birth as pain, right? I mean, I did with my first, but we'll never refer to it as painful, right? We refer to it as pressure or discomfort. Um, there really is a completely different mindset that our girls are, they're just, they're honestly amazing doulas and, you know, they're growing. Like, I'm so proud of them. They're doing photography. They're doing videography. Like they do placenta encapsulation. Like I just, I feel so blessed doing this business with my sister, but also feel so blessed with the amazing girls that we have on our team. They're just as passionate about, about this as we are. Yeah. It sounds like it. I mean, wow, that is so cool. So how long, like, do you, you know, when does someone start learning the hypnobirthing? Like when in their pregnancy? Oh, such a good question. It's probably our most asked question. Mm -hmm. I, we recommend like somewhere between 18 to 30 weeks. So we want you to hit second trimester. If you can wait that long, we've had a few people that are like, I'm 12 weeks, but please, please, please let me take it. And we've let some people in. Mm -hmm. Um, but we do recommend at least waiting till second trimester. And then we, we recommend trying not to take it after 30 weeks, just because the course is five weeks long. Mm -hmm. So we want you to be able to finish the course and still be able to implement it before you actually go full term. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we've had moms start our class at 34 weeks and they will take the fifth class when they're actually past their due date, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's up to obviously whoever it is that wants to take our class. Um, but I think you get the most out of it. If you can take it somewhere between 18 and 30, like 25 weeks, in my opinion, is like sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So do you have any like go-to coping techniques as a doula that you are like, okay, this is, this, this is what I tell every client. <laughs> yes. So as a birth doula, honestly, when I go to prenatal, then the first thing I actually teach them is breathing mm -hmm. is making sure that they know how to breathe correctly. Right. Um, cause people can do deep inhales and deep exhales, but really you got to nail it before you actually go into birth. So mm -hmm. we always go over that of like, Hey, this is a calm breath. Let's try and do it together. We practice together. And then we kind of give them homework of like, Okay, we want you to make sure that you're doing this breath every day, right when you wake up in the morning and then before you go to bed. And what that's doing, it's reprogramming your mind, right? So that by the time you actually are in labor and giving birth, you know exactly how to breathe when your body's in labor. Because what happens is our body knows exactly what to do during labor, but it's our mind that we have to condition beforehand because we're so exposed as we grow up to so many traumatic births that we our, our mind is programmed to think that way of, okay, oh my gosh, like now birth is going to be painful and it's going to be really hard when imagine if we would have grown up learning how beautiful birth can be and how empowering it is like honestly that they do in the Netherlands that's how, I mean that's how they grow up learning about birth mm -hmm. so yeah. honestly like my number one coping technique is learning how to breathe correctly and 
in that breath, while you're experiencing a surge or a contraction in hypnobirthing, we call it a surge or a wave. Um, you can do what's called humming. And so when you do a deep inhale, while you exhale, you actually hum. And when you're humming like that, you're stimulating what's called your vagus nerve. And that vagus nerve is connected from your um, autonomic nervous system, like literally all the way throughout your body. It connects to your uterus, like everything. And so when you're humming, you're stimulating the, the vagus nerve, which is helping your autonomic nervous system stay in this really healing, calming state of mind. And so oh, if you wow. can do that during labor and, and hum, um, honestly, that alone is extremely beneficial. And then of course, on top of that, sorry, it's a long answer, but on top okay. of the breathing techniques, um, we sell wooden combs. And that's because we strongly believe in the control gate theory. And when you squeeze combs in your hand while you're experiencing a surge, you're sending signals up to your brain and you're actually distracting your brain from the discomfort that it's feeling in the uterus and your surge combined with the humming and the breathing, right? And squeezing those wooden combs is, it's so much more manageable. I mean, night and day, I can't even tell you yeah. like such a big difference in, in coping during labor. I've sure. seen, I've seen, I've seen your, that. yeah, I've seen your Instagram, like your reels and videos about that. And it's, I mean, it's, it, it makes total sense because yeah. you can't, you can't really feel pain almost in two parts of your body. It feels like your brain just kind of focuses on one. So, one. Yeah. yeah. so if you're focusing on, oh, there's a, there's a comb digging into my hand. This is uncomfortable. Yes. That's it's much more manageable than like oh man my whole uterus is contracting right now <laughs> it really is like it's crazy I swear everything we teach in our classes is all supported by evidence it's not just like this hippie class that people are like oh hypnobirthing is thing for hippies you know like mm -hmm. no it's yeah. all evidence-based um it, it just it works it really really does work and it's not just for unmedicated it's for any type of birth, hospital, medicated, natural, cesarean, it, it's just coping techniques for anyone for any type of birth that they want. Mm -hmm. I actually just recently heard um, a story about someone using the comb and that was the first time I heard about it, but it, it really does make such like so much sense. So I'm like, everybody needs, everybody yeah. needs one. <laughs> Yes, they do. We gave it to all our all our students, all our clients. We're like, please use these. We promise. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it seems like such a strange thing, but I mean, if it works, it works. Like, do it, <laughs> try it. Absolutely. I learned. I actually learned that technique from my Lamaze teacher in the Netherlands. So mm -hmm. I was like, I got to start teaching people that here. For yeah. Sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So, anything else you want to touch on? I mean this is so, you know, so much useful information. And actually I did have one more question. Do you, do you like teach your hypnobirthing class to students outside of Arizona or is it just strictly for? Yeah, Arizona? no, we do actually. We teach okay. it outside of Arizona. We get a lot of people from the East coast, believe it or not. So oh, okay. 
a lot of people from D.C., New York, Florida, Chicago. I don't know why I think the word has maybe just spread from like one person here to there, but a lot of our classes are people um, from out of state when it's virtual. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, that's so good to know. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Awesome. So, so yeah. why don't you tell listeners how they can get in touch with you? Yeah. Um. So our, well, our Instagram is probably the best way, honestly. That's where we give all our info. Mm-hmm. Um. That is happybirthing.az. And uh, we also have a newsletter that people can sign up for so they can get the latest tips and tricks and promo codes to our classes. And um, we do recommend doing that. And then um, honestly, just, yeah, just find us there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can um, link that in the show notes so people yeah, can easily find that you. Seems- People should definitely follow you guys on Instagram because you and your sister are so cute. And you do <laughs> You're so sweet. Yeah, these cute <laughs> videos. I'm like, they're adorable. And I, I didn't even realize you were sisters until I you you said something and I was like, that makes sense. So these two yes. adorable blondes making these cute videos. So <laughs> it's good we're content actually, to follow. <laughs> thank you. We're in the middle of creating an e-course, which we're like just so excited about. Um, and so it's just funny you say that. Cause we're like, we're like, are, pe- are people going to like that we're sisters in this? Like, we're, we're just going to go for it. We're like, maybe it'll add some, I don't know, some charm. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as, as two sisters, I think it works, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm biased, but <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, oh it just, God. it adds another element to your, you yeah. know, it makes you unique. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so fun to talk to you. And I really hope um, everybody goes and follows you and learns more and takes your course, honestly, because I think it, I I mean, I I totally wish I did hypnobirthing (laughs) now, especially after talking to you. But yeah, it sounds awesome. And I think everybody should go check it out. Thank yeah, and I you. Hope, hopefully you can come back in, in a bit and share your third birth story yes. with us. I yes, know, please. right? That would be I awesome. <laughs> I agree. Thanks so much for having me. You girls are awesome. I love what you're doing. I love this podcast. I recommend it to all of my students, by the way. It's on our oh. like referral, like on our resource list when we give it out. Oh, um, awesome. Please. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so I, cool. I love it. I love it. So thank you so um, much. Thank you. Appreciate it. You girls are awesome. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. And good luck to you. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you are enjoying the podcast. And if you are, please leave us a rating and review. We would really appreciate it. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Birth Naturally. And if you go on there, you can actually see some new merch we have. So we hope that you guys like those designs. And yeah, until next time.